New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. We're sitting in the living room. Minding my own business. Nothing. I wasn't doing anything wrong. And my wife looks at me, name a woman, any woman. And I'm telling you guys, you better get this right. We are in Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to read verses 1 through 10. Our subject this morning is Enoch. And the title of the message is, Let's Go for a Walk. The first of the year, obviously, I always like to talk about or focus on New Year's resolutions, if you will, or our, our, our walk with the Lord, our closeness to Him. And I hope it's your desire to want to be closer to the Lord, to have Him use you in your life. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. A man is no fool who gives up what he can't keep to gain what he cannot lose. And in our life, it's short. It's, it's, uh, it's got its ups and downs, its hills and its valleys. But your life will not be wasted serving the Lord. And I encourage you to dedicate it to Him if you haven't already. In Hebrews chapter 11, why don't you stand with me, please? We'll read these verses and we'll see what the Lord has for us. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so the things which are seen were not made of the things which do appear. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated that he would not see death and was not found because... God had translated him, for before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not yet seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whether he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, and the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for our time in your house this morning. Thank you for your word. First Sunday of the new year, 2024. The days that are behind us cannot be taken back. We look forward to the days ahead of service to you, you using our lives, our testimony, our walk with you. Help us to be steady, steadfast, constant in our Christian testimony. Thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. There is also, obviously, by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Genesis chapter 5. Go to the front of your Bible. And Genesis chapter 5 also talks about Enoch a little bit. In, in verse number 18 of Genesis 5, if you're using a pew Bible, that's just on page 12. Verse number 18, And Jared lived 162 years and begat Enoch. 
And Jerich lived after he begat Enoch 800 years, and he begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Jared were 962 years, and he died. Not associated with the message, but you, can you imagine living 900, over 900 years? Please, I can't. I am so thankful for the brevity of life that we have. But they lived before the flood incredibly long times. Um, some skeptics say, well, these aren't literal years. Well, you get over it. They were literal years. They lived that long before the flood. And they go on. And Enoch lived 60 and 5 years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God. And he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Just a young guy. And Enoch walked with God and was not, for God took him. Enoch walked with God and was not, for God took him. In Hebrews chapter 11, he has this testimony that he pleased God. So we know two things about Enoch. Number one, he pleased God. Number two, he walked with God. There's an old saying that we learned as kids. Your talk talks and your walk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. Heard that before? And it's true. How you conduct yourself is more important than what you say. And, of course, what you say is extremely important. But if your actions don't line up with your words, your words are useless. It's very important that our actions and our words are consistently the same. Actions speak louder than words. Obviously, you've heard all of this before, but going into the new year, I'd like us to examine what it means to walk with God. So let's go for a walk. Number one, our walk is in Christ. You never walk alone. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1 is a verse you can probably quote. There's therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit, who walk not after the flesh. But after the Spirit, that walk is talking about our testimony. What we do isn't necessarily the steps that we take, although obviously we go places. But our consistent Christian life who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. You know, there's the flesh and there's the Spirit. There's the old man, there's the new man. If you've trusted Christ as your personal Savior, if you've not trusted Christ, this whole walk doesn't apply to you because you can't walk with the Lord if you don't know Him. You need to trust him as your Savior. That's the first step. And then once you've trusted Christ, you ask him to come into your heart to forgive your sins. Then you are in Christ. I can't emphasize the choice enough to choose Jesus. Choose Jesus. Say that with me. Choose Jesus. Now, there are a million options in the world. Satan will tell you there's all kinds of things you can do. And when you choose Christ, he'll whisper in your ear, oh, that's the last choice you want to make. Or, yeah, you can go ahead and choose Christ, but do it just before you die so you can really live. My Bible clearly teaches that you don't live until you've met Christ. Satan knows that, and he hates that. The Bible says you are dead in trespasses and sins. Now, I know you clean up well. We all come to church on Sunday, and you can't all look as good as me, but you look pretty good, you know? And so we dress up, we come to church. You know, you can put a suit on a drunk. You can clean him up. You can put lipstick on a pig if you want to. You can clean him up. 
But they're still what they are until you meet Christ. And if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. I'm telling you, when you trust Christ, that's when life begins. You don't need some medication to help you have a good time. You don't need to be half in the bag to really enjoy life, to use some worldly terms. I don't know if people even know what those terms mean anymore. But the fact is, is Christ when we meet him, truly, that's when we start living. And to be in Christ is, I have assurance of salvation, Romans 10, 13, 1 John 5, 13. In Christ, I have my sins forgiven. In Christ, I have a home in heaven. In Christ, I have protection from overwhelming crisis. In Christ, I am never alone. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Obviously, we have the references to those in 1 John 1, 9, John chapter 14, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, Hebrews 13, 5. In Christ, I am never alone. Now, I watch TV. We all do. Maybe I watch more than I should. But every now and then, you'll see a character or a storyline where this individual has someone that's with him that nobody else can see. And so the camera will show him talking to that individual, and then they'll show this perspective of someone else looking at them, and there's nobody there. Are you following me on that? Have you seen that? Okay. So obviously what happens is you and I in Christ, Christ is always with me. His Holy Spirit is in me. He will never leave me or forsake me. Once I trusted Christ as my personal Savior, I've never gone anywhere without him. You've never been alone in Christ. It's not possible. So you and I can have a conversation with him anytime we want to. He's there. Sometimes if we're talking to the Lord and somebody looks at us and they think, what are you, who are you talking to? What's that about? Well, he's with me. I'm never alone. You are never alone in Christ. And get this, in with or without Christ, listen to me, with or without Christ, you are always moving towards your final destination. You can't stop. You're on a conveyor belt towards destiny that even when you're sleeping in bed, you're moving towards the end. Well, I don't know about you, but with that in mind, I want to make sure I've got a pilot that can handle the situation, that can guide me to where I'm supposed to be going, and that I don't have to fear when I get there. And that's Jesus Christ. Never alone. So, not only do I not walk alone, number two, the Lord saved you for a reason. I want you to see a passage in Mark chapter 3. If you have your Bible, go with me to, you're in Romans. Go with me to Mark, Matthew, Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3. And when I get there, I'll tell you what page that's on if you're using it. Mark chapter 3 is on page 1048. In verse number 14, check this out. And he ordained 12 that they should be with him. That they should be with him. Say that with me. That they should be with him. Some of you said that, but your lips didn't move. I'll give you one more chance. Here we go. That they should be with him. Jesus chose the disciples 
because he wanted to be with them. He wanted them to be with him. Stop for a second. Think about your associations that the people you know. Who is it that you just wish you could be with the most? For me, instantly, my wife. <laughs> Should I tell them the story? Well, so <laughs> this isn't in my notes. I'll give you this for free. So New Year's Eve. It was, wasn't it? New Year's Eve? Or was it Christmas Eve? Christmas Eve. New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. We're sitting in the living room. Minding my own business. Nothing. I wasn't doing anything wrong. And my wife looks at me, name a woman, any woman. And I'm telling you guys, you better get this right. So she said, name a woman, any woman. I could name any woman. So I named a woman. And it wasn't her. And I'm telling you, that was the wrong answer. I, and I, I, no matter what I did from that point on, that night was over. 2023 ended poorly, okay? Because I did not have, what's that? No, it doesn't matter. It wasn't you. So anyway, I just want to say publicly, this is on record, folks will one or two or maybe even as many as 10 people will watch this on YouTube, at least. We post the messages. And within, we'll post them at night. By that morning, they already have eight views, which surprises me because doesn't anybody go to bed? I mean, what are, you, what are you watching that in the middle of the night for once it's posted? But anyway. Yeah, is that what it is? It's ASMR, yeah. People sleep by my, this melodious voice of... Anyway, we are definitely getting sidetracked here. But So, why was I talking about that? Huh? Say, help me? I Thank you. Who do I want to be with? I want to be with my wife, okay? Now, oh, that's it. That's it. Thank you. That's what I needed there. Okay, so... I'm just publicly saying whether I said the wrong thing on the last day of last year, I am saying for the whole world to know, you are the woman I want to be with, all right? Does that, has that helped at all? Did I, huh? Thank you. Yeah, clap for her. Yes. Yeah. But guys, if she asks you, name a woman, any woman. You better say her name. I'm just letting you know. You're never alone. We're, we wasted all that time to say. Who do you want to be with? Seriously, who do you want to be with? Who's your favorite person? And honestly, I believe Jesus would say you. He wants to be with you. And that's... To, when, you were, when I was younger, you were hoping that you were likable. You are hoping that people would want to be around you. When you're older, honestly, you don't care. But when you're younger, those things are so important to you. And I'm telling you, Jesus Christ chose you, saved you, so that he could be with you. That's interesting to me. That of all the people he wishes to be with, he wants to be with you. Let's go to Romans chapter 10. You're in Mark chapter 3. Let's go back to Romans. You're in Romans chapter 8. 
I want you to see something here that takes place. Romans chapter 10, he wants you to be with you. Number one, he wanted so that he could be with them and so that also in Mark chapter 3 and verse 14, so that he could teach them, so that they could learn some things from him, okay? The Lord saved you, he wanted, and he ordained 12 that they should be with him and that he might send them forth to preach. That was the plan, okay? Now, Romans chapter 10 and verse 13 has a, a very interesting train of, uh, uh, series of events. Verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's a great salvation verse right there, assurance verse. If you've trusted Christ, your personal Savior, whether you feel like it or not, you are absolutely saved. It's not a feeling, it's a faith thing. If you trusted Christ, he said he would save you, he did. You can stop the doubting, he promised, in Romans 10, 13, and in other places as well. Go on in verse number 11, for the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. The same Lord over all is rich unto all them that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? So here's the series of events that takes place for everyone that's ever trusted Christ. Number one, there needs to be a preacher. Now that's not just someone standing here like myself. You are a preacher of the gospel. You are a, a, a messenger of faith. When you are talking to someone about faith in Christ, you are preaching the gospel. You're sharing that. So, obviously, there's a chain of events that takes place in Hebrews chapter 10 and verses 13 through 17. There needs to be a preacher. Now, a preacher doesn't start someone, if you're sharing your faith, you're not doing that to an empty room. Now, I suppose you could do that to practice, but the idea is you'd like to find someone that would listen. So, if you see Romans chapter 10, you see there's a preacher. There has to be a hearer. And once there's a hearer, there needs to be a believer. Now, people will hear and don't necessarily believe. So we go from a preacher to a hearer to a believer. So that that believer can become a preacher who speaks to hearers so that there can be believers. So that those believers can become preachers. Do you get the chain of events that takes place here? Once you are a preacher, you're looking for hearers who will become believers so those believers can become preachers. And the chain of events has happened since Jesus Christ down to you and I that thank God that message has taken place over and over and over and over so that you and I know Jesus Christ is our personal Savior. That chain of events has to continue until Christ comes. And if it does not happen, if we are not doing that as we walk with the Lord, no one's going to hear. The Bible says, how shall they hear without a preacher? In other words, how shall they hear without you and I saying so? The gospel stops working when the gospel stops working. Did you hear me? If we don't work the gospel, the gospel will not work. Now, there's a great tragedy taking place in end times in our Bibles. We see there's a falling away from Christ, and people stop for whatever reason. And I'll tell you why it happens. is because people stop working the gospel. It's not because the gospel won't work. To use a sports analogy, I was always a Kurt Warner fan. Played for the St. Louis Rams at the time. The Rams have moved again, and then there was the Arizona Cardinals. But 
they were called the greatest show on turf as a football team. And they were good, they were fast, and they could score points. And, and so the interviewer asked Kurt Warner, he says, what's it take to beat the Rams? And he said, the only one that can beat the Rams is the Rams. In other words, he was saying, if we don't do what we know to do, we're the only ones that can stop us. But if we play our game, we are unstoppable. And I want you to know, Jesus said, he told the apostle Peter, he said, Peter, who do people say that I am? And he said, they're this and that and that, but who do you say that I am? Peter said, thou art the, rock, the, the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, upon that rock, not you, Peter, but the rock of that truth that Jesus Christ is God, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Nothing can stop a gospel-preaching church. It is powerful. You can't stop the gospel. You can't do it. So how does the gospel get stopped? You and I stop doing it. We stop sharing our faith. We stop living this life. We stop walking with the Lord. We get busy doing other things. There are people that are not in church this morning because they decided not to. Why? Oh, I don't know. Maybe they didn't feel well. Maybe they had a sneeze. Maybe the little Johnny had a hangnail. I don't know. But people will come up with excuses not to come to church. And if you're having an excuse not to come to church, let me tell you something. You probably have that same excuse not to read your Bible, not to talk to the Lord, not to share your faith. Whatever it is, any excuse is as good as anything else. It doesn't really matter. I used to say, people would say, well, will you help me do something? If you don't want to, you just don't want to. Any excuse will work. Why didn't you come to church? Well, my chainsaw was dull. What's that got to do with it? Nothing. I just didn't feel like coming and I needed an excuse, so my chainsaw was dull. Fill in the blank, whatever it is. But when people stop sharing the gospel, I'm telling you in the last days, there won't be people coming to the Lord, and it's not because the gospel doesn't work, it's because God's people get lazy and stop doing what they know to do, and how shall they hear without a preacher? And I'm telling you, Christian... If we are not sharing our faith, if we are not in God's word, if we are not walking with him, we will not have the power to do the things that God needs us to do. It is so critical that we step up, that we man up, and we do what we're supposed to do. And the ladies will say, I'm no man. Well, woman up then, whatever it is. It's so important. You are chosen to be with him. You are chosen to walk with him. You are chosen to work with him. Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. Why? Because he recognized every one of us, including himself, had a window of opportunity that will close. And when it's closed, we won't have any other chance. It will be over. Work the works of him that sent me while it is day. So, the, you never walk alone. The Lord saved you for a reason. And walking with God increases our ability to do incredible things. Now, I know I'm supposed to have three catchy points that all start with the same letter and all that stuff, and this message is a total failure on that, but John chapter 3, walking with God increases our ability to do incredible things. Now, I played sports in high school. <laughs> I wasn't nearly as good as I thought I was, but 
boy, it's if when you're playing basketball and you love the game, you have these dreams of making this incredible game-winning shot or dunking the basketball, which I was never able to do, and, and just different things. You thought, wow, if I could only do that. Well, I'll tell you, in the ministry, as a preacher of the gospel, if I can be so transparent with you, I have grandiose ideas of doing incredible things that will probably never happen. You know, I just, you, you dream of preaching in, in audiences that are just jam-packed and standing room only. And you read about Moody and Sankey and some of those rallies, the things that they did, you couldn't get into the buildings. And Billy Sunday, and you dream of those things that don't happen. But you, you just want so much to do incredible things for the Lord. And I hope it's your dream to want to do incredible things for the Lord. But I think we do. I think it happens, and we don't recognize it at the time. And in John chapter 3, you're familiar with the passage, Nicodemus is coming to the Lord at night, okay? There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, the ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, or Master, now listen to this. We know thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. If God is with you, you can do incredible things. They recognized that in Jesus. They didn't know he was God, but they noticed he was doing incredible things. Jesus says in John chapter 14, I think around verse 12, he said, you're going to do greater things than me because I'm going to my Father. He's going to send back the Holy Spirit. What are the great things that we do? You and I preach the gospel. The greatest thing that ever takes place is not someone coming back from life that was dead, a near-death experience, or blind eyes seeing, or the miraculous things that we look for in the body of believers. Because you know what? Even if God brings you back to life after you die, you're going to live a certain amount of time and you're going to die. Even if you were blind and he allows you to see, you're going to die. The time clock will run out on every life regardless of the, the incredible things that might take place. But the miracle that lasts forever is that soul that was headed for hell and is now headed for heaven and Jesus Christ redeemed them. That's the greatest miracle that ever takes place. And you and I are capable of doing incredible things when we walk with the Lord some examples. A miracle church has come into being on Reunion Island, 800 miles off the coast of Africa, as a result of the Back to the Bible-sponsored French broadcast. Paul White, then a missionary in the West Indies, arranged for the program to be aired twice monthly on the Reunion station. When the Whites moved to Reunion two years later, they found a thriving group of Christians whose only instruction had come from the bi-monthly broadcasts. Another one. Incredible. A one-legged schoolteacher from Scotland came to Hudson Taylor to offer himself for service in China. Why do you, with one leg, think of going as a missionary, asked Taylor. Answer, because I do not see those with two legs going, so I must go. That was George Scott. He was accepted. Another one. 
Dr. Mason of Burma once wanted a teacher to visit and labor among a warlike tribe. He asked his converted boatman, Chapon, if he would go and told him he would have only four rupees a month as a teacher, whereof he was earning 15 as a boatman. After praying over the matter, he returned to Dr. Mason. The following conversation ensued. Well, Chapon, said the doctor, have you decided? Will you go for four rupees a month? No, teacher, replied Chapon. I will not go for four rupees a month, but I will go for Christ. Let me tell you something. The miracle you may be looking for isn't the miracle that God wants to provide. The miracle God wants to provide is you sharing your faith and changing the lives of others. That is the greatest miracle that can possibly take place. We used to sing, when we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. What he says we will do, where he sends we will go, never fear, only trust and obey. Let's go for a walk. Let's walk with Jesus in 2024. Let's have him use our lives. Do not stop working the gospel. Mm -hmm.